Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual. I'm your host at the Diddy NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and I have a special guest and it's also Quick Snaps. It's Quick Snaps. Rob, are you doing it? Oh. I'm doing it, Steve. <laughs> I can hear Rob Domofsky doing it. You see, me and Rob Domofsky like to do it together. So Rob, um, I've not had the Lee Rodi, which is the Irish word for balls, to do that with any guest. But um, I've managed to rope you into doing it, Rob. Away from um, quick snaps and jazz hands and everything else, how are you coping right now in this COVID environment, buddy? It's tough, just like I'm sure it is there for everybody. Um, you know, our our kids were going to school in person for a while, and now they're now they're all virtual. Um, the numbers, unfortunately, in Green Bay and Brown County, our our area are the highest in the NFL right now. So, um, you know, the Packers are pretty fortunate, especially with what we've seen happen with a couple other teams that Mm. they haven't had any issues. So uh, it's tough, man. But look, uh, we get tested. I'm part of the media group that gets tested every day at Lambeau. And um, so, so far, so good, fortunately, that there haven't been any issues that have impacted the season. But, you know, as everybody is dealing with it, it's – it's obviously difficult to, you know, it doesn't matter where you're living. Yeah, it's kind of a miracle, actually, that there hasn't been something weird happening in Green Bay with the COVID or someone hasn't got it because of how rampant it is there. The numbers, as you say, are pretty wild. But that that brings me to sort of, I'd love to get your, um, I'd love to get your itinerary, Rob. I'd love to get your take on, like, what is your week like now in comparison to what it was last year? Because we know how busy yeah. you are and, like, we're very fortunate to be able to get you on the podcast. And again, I'd like to go on air and say thanks very much for that because your insight, like, you'll see us, like, you'll put out a tweet and you have to see our UK Packers account retweeting it because it's really top-notch stuff and people can find <laughs> it on ESPN. But we know that you ran off your feet. Um, what is a typical sort of day slash week for you now with all of this COVID stuff added in between, like, do you travel to the away games? Do you only pick a certain few? And do you have proximity trackers? Did they put a microchip in you, Rob, to find out yeah. where you are at all times? <laughs> That's a great question. So basically, here, here's how it works on a day-to-day basis. So there's, uh, there's, I think, four or five of us in the media that are what is considered tier two, which means we can go to practice every day, whether they're inside or outside, and we can work in the stadium, which we have these little media offices in there. Um, and so we have to get tested every day. So like this morning, my test was at 1045 local time. Hmm. And even though today was an off day, Wednesday, uh, we're speaking here, uh, it was, it's a, considered an off day uh, for, for the players, but we still had to get tested. So did the players. I'll give you a little funny story on Monday after new Orleans game, uh, our test time for the media was 8 a.m. They typically try to do it, uh, test us at a different time than they test the players. Yeah. But the, the players' parking lot was empty, and we walk in, we get our tests, and who comes walking in right when we're finished but Jair Alexander. He was like the fir- first one there at 8 in the morning. I mean, it, it just to me, it just shows you the kid's dedication. Yeah. Uh, because he, they, they probably got home at oh, two, 2 in the morning probably uh, from their flight. I did not travel. I am I am not traveling right now. That's an ESPN decision. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I fully support it because here's their, their deal is, and I think it's the right thing, all the access, whether you're in the stadium or at home, is Zoom. 
So there's no advantage other than just being able to to watch the game, you know, in front of you rather than on a TV. There's no advantage as far as access. Mm. Um, and so, look, I totally understand why, why spend the money to travel? Why put your employees at risk? You know, we'd have to fly commercial and all that. So while I, I certainly miss it, Steve, I, and, I, and you know what I miss too? It's just being around in these cities, you know, just yeah. getting a chance to go. Like New Orleans is one of my favorite places in, oh, yeah. in, in the world, you know, mm. for food and entertainment and all that. So we're not traveling. So basically, you know, after my test, um, you know, you, we'll have some practice access on a, on a day when they're practicing. Like tomorrow we'll, have, we'll get tested. We'll be able to go watch practice for 15 or 20 minutes, take attendance. Um, I'll walk back over to, to the stadium and work in my in my office there. And then get read, get ready for the Zoom interviews with with the coaches and the players in the afternoon, um, and then then go home and, and write my stories or do my you know if I have to do TV I'll do it from outside the stadium. Um, they're not letting us uh, we can't do it like normally you'd see me you know on Sports Center or NFL Live you'd see me on the field. Uh, yeah. They're not allowing any of that this year, so any TV stuff I do is either outside the stadium or from my home office little. Uh, fake studio uh, book, bookshelf, you know, you know, <laughs> case, yeah. 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 So, so that's kind of it. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's made it obviously like, look, I've, I have not seen Jordan love face to face. Like, I, I mean, I've seen him in practice, but like, I've never talked to the guy in person, uh, AJ Dell, whoever, any of these rookies, like, I, you know, there'd be plenty of time where, you know, we're, we have 45 minutes of locker room access a day in a normal circumstance. Yeah. And you might spend 20 to 25 minutes of that doing actual interviews. And then you might spend the other half of it just kind of getting to know these guys a little bit, you know, uh, build, building relationships with them. Uh, and there's none of that right now. So to me, that's the part that I miss, I guess, the most is just, um, you know, because that's where the best stories come out uh, mm. is when you get to know these guys and they're, they they're, they feel comfortable you know, talking to you. And, and right now it's just, everybody has the same quotes. And, um, you know, I can tell you this, I've relied on calling a lot more ex players. Um, like I, I'll give you a, a little hint here, a little preview. I just got off the phone with James Jones, the former Packers receiver, uh, for a story that I'm working on for the Monday night game against Atlanta. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that I'm trying to do to give my readers something and my followers, something other than just what everybody else is doing off the zoom calls. Yeah, because that's what I always, that's what stood out about your work always was that you always had this sort of ingrained deeper knowledge and certainly from speaking to you, not to lay it on to take care of Rob Jesus, I'm an Irishman, we don't have emotions, but I mean, you know, it's that and then from speaking with you on the podcast, you would sort of bring up these anecdotes and stories of behind the scenes stuff where a player would come up and approach you about a story that someone yeah. had read to them that they hadn't read or, right. you know, and I'm sure an awful lot of your uh, role as well as, as you say, is is getting a real feel for who these guys are um, because yeah. didn't we see it a lot where people were like you know the whole Black Lives Matter thing and the organisation has been pretty vocal about coming out on the side um, of yeah. you know social injustice and sort of you know hoping for better strides there let's say um, so this has always been a game about personalities and, and players or personalities and feelings and all this type of stuff so it's nice that you get that kind of um, behind the scenes but not to get too heavy with that type of stuff let's get on to something else you got rinsed by David Bakhtiari I got a bit of a giggle <laughs> about it here and I had to put out the video to sort of add on to the rinsing right because it was just incredible the way, the way you went to ask a question he pretended he didn't hear you and then you had a good laugh out of it now you and the media lads there seems to be this slight undercurrent of banter that goes on between you these little inside jokes and stuff can you fill us in on 
sort of what's what's the undercurrent there, Rob? What's the rippling going on? And also, what what is these players getting sort of these funny little digs? It's all in good humor. What's the what's the yeah, backstory? So, okay, was it the so, quote about David Bakhtiari? Is that what started it all, or what? So here, what is so here, so yeah, so here's what happened with Bakhtiari. Okay, I had this idea of doing a story just about what a great like he's become this this personality mm. this well-liked guy I mean, we all know he's a great left tackle one of the best if not the best in the game but i want to do this story about how he's just kind of come out of his shell a little mm. bit because i got to be honest with you as a rookie and i thought he was very difficult to deal with and so i asked zadarius smith so we all and, and to me zadarius smith and david bakhtiari are the two i don't want to say class clowns but just the most friendly happy guys and, and and Zadarius obviously wasn't here when Bakhtiari was a rookie yeah. so I, I wanted to get a quote from Zadarius Smith and this was on a Zoom call which where ordinarily in the old setup I would like to just go up and get him one-on-one and talk to him but I had to ask in this situation and I said hey <laughs> Z would it surprise you to know given how great Bakhtiari is yeah. and I hope I can use this word on this, oh, on this show I said would it surprise you to know that he was kind of a dick as a rookie <laughs> And, and and like I mean I probably shouldn't have said kind of a dick but uh, you know whatever I I was doing sometimes you know how it is you ask a question because you want to try to get a you know you want to try to get a, an answer so mm. of course it didn't take long for um, Bakhtiari to for that to get back to him yeah okay which is fine so on a, a, ah, maybe a week later we we had Bakhtiari on a Zoom call and the first thing he says was. I want it before anyone asks the question, if they were around when I was a rookie, I want you to answer if they, if you thought I was kind of a dick, yes or no. It became (laughs) this big banter and, uh, you know, Corey Lindsley, uh, said, I, you know, he, he said I should uh, issue a written apology (laughs) and, um, uh, uh, Lane, Lane Taylor called me Richard. Uh, amazing. In one of my answers. It was, and, 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 you know, like some people think, oh boy, those guys must hate me. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that, sure, there are players over the years that have not been happy with us, but yeah. uh, th- this was 99.999% in good fun. I'm sure he probably didn't like that I referred to him that way, but he said, he goes, look, I think you mistook me for being quiet and not mm. wanting to ruffle any feathers. You know, and yeah. it, the story. I, you know, I ended up writing a story about Bakhtiari that ran a couple of weeks ago on ESPN, and and I I thought it turned out well. And um, you know, talked to his brothers about him. And the funny thing is, his brother, his older brother Eric, yeah, uh, who played in the NFL for a little bit, told me he goes, and I don't even think I used this in the story, but he said, if anybody in the Bakhtiari family is kind of a dick, it's me, not Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing family riffs and they're all coming to his defence. Brilliant. No, but the thing is, like, I mean, you guys have fun with the lads and it's great that it's a real human thing. And also, I would imagine it'd be pretty hard to offend the O-line room. And in fact, I'd say you'd have to have a pretty thick skin <laughs> to be there because even when they're asking him about, uh, you know, the, the coach there, um, Adam and they were saying here you know what do you think yeah. of him and what's he like and he was like oh, I was, I was going to throw in a joke there because I don't want he's but I said look I'll compliment him because I want his head to get a little bit bigger you know so like it's known yeah. isn't it that they're always ribbing each other but at least look you're part of the O-line room now so you can go in and get uh, rinsed by all of the team members it's good that they stick up for each other actually I think and here's a theory I think our O-line play is so good because your comment brought them all together Rob I think that's 
Too much? We can go with that. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> right, run that story, right? There's an exclusive for ESPN from Abdomosk. Um <laughs> But look, uh, me and you could chat all day and we have to share points the next time they actually let everybody out of their cages here uh, after this COVID thing, right? But if we may, let's let's slowly uh, eke ourselves into a bit of soccer or soccer talk. Jesus Christ, football talk. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You see, this is the thing. COVID drives me crazy. Um, sort of, look, Rob, the Packers team, it's no secret that the Packers offense is firing and you had a great article out about you know comparing this to 2011 and, and looking at the defense yep. back then the offense now now you look at the draft and we, we won't get into that whole tired storyline of Jordan Love and was he needed and AJ Dillon and he's a third string mm-hmm. running back and all of this stuff that I don't agree with at all but the bottom line for me is is that the offense um, hasn't really changed personnel wise as such it's kind of remained the same no. everybody's in an extra year so Rob last year the 13 and 3 and yes I said 13 because I'm Irish um, and 3 <laughs> team were seen as a uh, sort of you know eking out wins and winning close games yeah. and sort of being seen as lucky now there's a whole different vibe there to you Rob what yeah, are you seeing is. that changes between the personnel who are nearly identical between last year and yeah. this year what's the cha- what's happened what's the change well here's a couple things I think Steve and, and not to get into the, the whole draft thing because mm. I, I don't think it's super relevant yeah but I, I think Rodgers could have reacted you know, one of two ways. He could have been grumpy and and all mad and pissed off that they drafted this guy, or he could have done exactly what he's done is come in and said, you know what? Who cares? You know, yeah. who cares? They drafted him. He's a great, he's a good kid. I like him. It's not his fault. He's here that, that he's in this position because I was in that position. And, and he was genuinely excited about the Matt LaFleur system. I mean, mm. I will say this about last year. Uh, yeah, they got lucky and, and, no, maybe they didn't play great, but you could tell right from the beginning that Rogers bought in. Yeah. And that was, I think his leadership, you know, forget about his play, his leadership last year was maybe the best I've ever seen it. And that, that showed the other guys that, you know what, he believes in this coach and he believes in this offense. And you know what, now they're running more of the offense that they wanted to. I mean, just throw on a couple of the the, the tape, the clips, the film. Mm. I mean, look at how much movement and, and pre-snap and play action. I mean, all, it, this is what Matt LaFleur envisioned for this offense, and, and, and they're doing it, and it's it's incredibly fun to watch. Uh, and I just think – I think it starts with, with Rodgers, but it doesn't – you know, it, it, it obviously, I think the coach uh, deserves a ton of credit for it. Um, and, and, and I, and, and I think the fact that they believed in, you know, the Alan Lazards and the, you know, some of those guys more than maybe we did, uh, you know, tells you that they, maybe they knew what they were doing. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and so I just think from a, from a vibe standpoint, I mean, you can, you can talk X's and O's all you want, hmm. but from a vibe standpoint, when you've got a good, good vibe, I mean, it's like doing a it's like doing a podcast with somebody you really get along with or, mm. or somebody you really like. I mean, it's just so much easier and you just have more fun doing it. And I think that's where they're at right now. I'm reading between the lines here, Rob, and I'm 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 saying that you think that me and you are the Matt Lafleur Aaron Rodgers partnership of podcasts. Yeah, I get it, Rob. Right, right here, loud and clear, buddy. Loud and clear. We won't pick who's who, um, because they're both equally amazing. But anyway, around around the area of vibe, though, we saw last year, Rob, that the defense was vibing. We see the Smith brothers, uh, where they'd be sort of vibing off each other and chatting away. So we went into this season thinking that that would hopefully continue. That the Smiths would be as productive. That Gary looked leaner and meaner. 
Um, and we knew we had deficiencies on the defensive line, but then we see Kenny Clark get his extension and kind of think, well, at least we've anchored, you know, that position. And inside linebacker, we were excited to see what Kirksey's going to do. We kind of, we have the opposite effect at the moment, don't we? Where the defense, as you've written about, um, is yeah. really sort of, I don't know if the word is underperforming because again, going back to the draft, sort of, is that, you know, we didn't really add extra parts there. You would argue we kind of right. got better with the likes of Kirksey and with Gary looking better. So if we have potentially remained the same or slightly better, how come the defense in your eyes, Rob, is sort of underperforming or not clicking? Is it a thing that it just isn't yet, or do you think that there's sort of bigger problems there? It's a great question. In the offseason, after they had sort of finished with the draft and free agent, I wrote a couple of series of stories, one on the offense, one on the defense, mm. and looked at are they better, worse, or the same at every position. And, and I concluded that they were mostly the same. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, a couple of the additions, but they were basically, they basically have the same, you know, core group, um, you know, with a, a few minor changes. And, and I, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm confused by why they're not better, especially against the run. Um, they have some like individual, like Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league. Zadarius Smith is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Kenny Clark is one of the best nose tackles in the league. Yeah. They've got some, pieces right but but it's not adding up at this point or at least we haven't seen it yet consistently they've had some great stretches um, and then they have some stretches where it looks like they don't know what they're doing so I I I really I wish I knew I don't I don't have an answer or a feel for where they're headed as a defense the good thing is they're three and oh and and they can figure it out it's better to be three and oh and figuring out than to be sitting here at one and two going oh boy we're in big trouble so uh, they definitely have a, have a chance to figure it out, um, but I, I you know I, you just wonder if because your offense is going to have a bad day at some point. If you have a bad day on offense at the wrong time, like I go back to that 2011 season, you know 15 and one, but their defense was terrible. The offense was unbelievable. Well, the offense finally had a bad day in the playoff game against the Giants, and and they were toast. So yeah. I, I just I I don't have a great feel for why they are what they are on defense. Yeah, like minds. I mean, that's, you know, I'm sort of getting on the podcast every week and I'm saying this is amazing. Let's not complain too much. The offense is clicking, but let's just keep in the back of our minds that defense aren't great. And especially when you have an offense that's, you know, its success is predicated on pre-snap movement, rub routes, timing more than anything else. Aaron Rodgers is in rhythm. So the minute he's thrown off his rhythm and the timing is slightly off and, you know, you you maybe have a special teams gaffe, well, then it all starts to go down the swanee. And then what we end up with is, is the defense get ran all over. But then, you know what, Rob, sometimes isn't it weird that when the offense isn't clicking, the defense for some reason steps up randomly for some reason? Right, Um, just at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Zedaria Smith came up with the big play the other day against New Orleans. So maybe that's all it takes. Maybe you just have to have a defense that's just good enough, and and, and maybe it will be. But remember, like I hate to always go back and look at history, but that's all all we've got. Remember the the Super Bowl team in 2010, how come playoff time – they just got, you know, some tur- – I mean, I, I rewatched the Atlanta game from, from uh, 10 years ago, and I, I forgot about how Tremont Williams had two interceptions in that game. I mean, I, I remember you – know, I mean, the Super Bowl, Nick Collins has the interception return for a touchdown. I mean, you know, maybe you just need a handful of plays 
and your as long as your offense can keep going, then maybe that's all you need. Yeah, some individual moments of brilliance because that's what it seems to be with this sort of petting defense is that it's sort of sometimes it's boom or bust. And I know that they had an awful lot of success last year in a stretch, and then within games, isn't it that you know you look at the fourth quarter of the Saints game and they come up with some nice plays. So you're kind of like you know it's hard to figure out the identity of it. But look, I could right. I could we could talk Packers for you know, at least four hours and then start to scratch the actual <laughs> script of questions here. But this is the quick snaps uh, Falcons one. So let's just quickly dip into the Falcons because I know you're a busy man. So really overarching question for this one, uh, Rob. You look at this Falcons team, they're a wounded animal. Um, you know, they've blown leads famously, you know, yeah. 98% uh, sort of win probability and they go on and, um, you know, that, that just leaves. So like when you look at this team, they obviously have offensive firepower. What are yeah. the couple of things that you're looking out for uh, in this upcoming game? And do you think that this could be potentially one of those sort of banana skin games for the Packers that, you know, coming up against an offense this powerful is that when you're going toe-to-toe with them, if you do anything wrong and fall behind, you're toast? Well, that's what I thought was going to happen, like, going into New Orleans. Like, I thought that would be a shootout game. And the minute you kick a field goal instead of getting a touchdown in the red zone or the minute you have the punt, all of a sudden you're down – you know, you're down two scores instead of being right there. I remember a game in New Orleans and a game in Atlanta a couple of years ago where it was like that. They were, it was like, it was 14-7 or 14-10, 14-13. Then all of a sudden it becomes like 24 to 13 because yeah. you, you don't score and, and then you're over. I, I don't get the sense that this, that that's going to happen with this team just because of the way we talked about Rodgers and the floor and the play calling and all that. Um, you know what? The thing, like Julio Jones didn't play last week, right? Yeah. Um, Devante, you know, Devante, who knows if he'll play. The fact that they have the, the Packers have the bye coming up, I, I don't see it as like a letdown situation. I, I think they're going to keep the pedal to the metal and, and I, you know, come back home. Uh, you know, I know we have no fans in the stadium here, but uh, it's still, you're at home, you're playing on Monday night, you're playing against the team. And, and Aaron Rodgers always says, it, he goes, hey, there's some teams you just know you should beat. Yeah. And it's not to, sound, not to sound cocky or overconfident, but look, they know that this is a team that they're expected to win this game. And, and, and typically, I think they go out and take care of business in those types of games. So uh, maybe I'm all, all, all wet on this, but I, I, just, I don't see a letdown coming from these guys, not, not at this point. Um, I think they've got too much going in their favor. And, and like I talked about vibe, I, I, I just get a really good vibe from where they're at right now. And, and, you know, when if look, you can, every game in this league, you can never take it for granted, but I, I like the way the Packers are operating and, and, and talking and feeling going into this game on Monday night. So I would be, stunned if they came out and laid an egg I really would yeah well that's what we like to hear and a perfect way to end the podcast uh, on that note as well I feel the same I feel like the schematically it's very very inventive and all of this sort of uh you know, who have about, oh, we need a wide receiver number two and all of this type of stuff. He's proven that he's able to install a scheme that if they yep. cover MVS or Aaron Jones, he's someone else to go to. And that Larry McCarron video that people are talking about, I watched that today and there's some beautiful quotes in it where he talks about where the tight ends <laughs> effectively hides behind the line of scrimmage and sort yep. of pops out in the, the things. So it's it's super exciting. But Rob, people can find you on Twitter and anything else. Any other ventures or you secretly have like a secret cooking Instagram account you want people to sort of turn their attention to or maybe a sort of a style icon type of Instagram account? Where can people find no, you that you want them to? Nothing like that. No? Just my regular old Twitter account, my ESPN.com and occasionally they'll, they'll even put a crazy bald guy on television. <laughs> uh, so 
Uh, I will say this. I, I, sitting on my desk right now is my, my passport, and I so badly want to use it to come over there at some point and have a pint with you and, and, uh, and, and talk uh, football and life uh, when we can. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, there's a spare room. There's a sort of man cave gym out the back. We live in the middle of Wicklow, which is the Garden of Ireland. It's so green. Rob, you are welcome here with the family anytime. Well, I appreciate it and uh, best to everybody over there.